This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro. We've got another great show for you. And uh, you might be wondering, uh, has it been a week already? And no, it hasn't. Uh, we're dropping in a couple midweek shows this week and next week. And um, I'll just tell you what happened. I, You know, homesteaders are awesome. I, uh, I jumped in our homestead... Uh, front porch facebook group and i said hey who wants to come on the podcast and talk about their homestead and had a whole bunch of people take me up on the offer and i said this is awesome so uh, i don't want to make people wait i've had done several interviews and i just want to uh, get them out there a little bit quicker so uh, this week and next week for sure we're going to have a couple extra episodes so i hope you're excited about that i tell you i am really excited about this podcast in particular um, i'm going to be joined by Ariel Gunn, and uh, Ariel's going to uh, uh, tell us about her homestead and what makes her a little different than the the last couple we did is that she's on in the suburbs uh, homesteading and she's doing a lot of neat stuff and I think she wondered if she had really much to offer since she's not been doing it a long time and she she's on a small urban homestead but I'll tell you I think she does because a lot of people are in the same situation she's in um, as far as limited on space limited on land uh, working full time job and uh still she's doing it and uh i think you'll be inspired by what she's doing and it'll make you realize that you can do it too so let's just jump right into that interview with ariel today i'm joined by ariel gunn ariel is an urban homesteader in texas who is taking steps towards self-sufficiency right where she is um ariel uh, welcome to the modern homesteading podcast thank you it's wonderful to be talking with you well, I'm really excited to talk to you. Uh, I'm, I'm just dying to hear how you uh, got started in, uh, down the, the path of uh, homesteading. And I was just wondering if you could just take a couple minutes and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got started. Okay. Um, so my name is Ariel. I'm 35, and I live in like a suburban area outside a major city in Texas. And how I got into urban homesteading is kind of a, just a lot of little things leading up to it, um, different paths all leading up to the main path. Mm -hmm. So um, first I would say my first step was probably beekeeping. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just something that I've been wanting to do for, gosh, at least like 10 years. Um, so let me take a step back. I have a, an eight to five desk job and um, I just kind of started taking stock of things and Wondering if this was going to be it. I just sit at a desk um, every day, all day, and go home. And and then I retire and when I'm old and 
and that's all. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I started thinking, you know, well, no one's going to help me make anything out of this life except for, except for me. I'm kind of, I'm my option. I'm my own, my only hero to this story. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to make things better? And um, so I asked myself, well, well, what do you want to do? Something I wanted to do for a very long time um, was keep bees. And so I decided, all right, we're doing it. I'm doing it. Here we go. And started jumping in. And then as soon as I did, um, pieces of the puzzle started coming together. I met my cousin's um, boyfriend, husband-to-be, at a family gathering. And then turns out he keeps bees. So I asked him to be my mentor. And he agreed and started me out with a couple of nukes. Mm. And I began that journey. So, um that felt great to make that happen. And then, um, you know, it kind of gave me confidence to start moving on some other ideas. One thing that I had been wanting to do was, was keep chickens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sounds fun and everything like that, but also I'm a vegetarian. And so I felt ethically conflicted about participating in the egg industry. You know, I exited from the meat industry and um, it, it felt hypocritical to continue to participate in the egg industry. And I said, well, okay, there's really no reason that I couldn't take this into my own hands. And there's another way to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, in the spirit of self-sufficiency, um, there's no reason that I couldn't take this on. And so um, I, I looked into, you know, what does my city allow and started researching, started getting on some podcasts and learning how to care for chickens. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got some girls. And so now I have five layers and um, I love them. They're so fun. <laughs> and um, then I've always been into gardening. Um, I always kept herbs and, and flowers and so forth. Uh, my mom and my mom's mom and my aunt raised me to to garden and to, you know, love to grow and nurture. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've continued with that. I, I have a lot of herbs. And um, I actually started a community herb garden this year. And so that's been really rewarding as well, like being able to teach people when they ask me, what's that? And I can't believe that was so easy to grow and I can help them learn how. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and then, then I've added vegetables this year a little bit, a couple of raised beds and um, started composting. So I'm just sort of trying to add, add in one thing at a time, sure. get better at it, get more confidence. Okay, well, I have all kinds of questions about each one of those things. Okay. So, yeah, we'll just start back at the beginning on this. Uh, first of all, how much how okay. much uh, property are you on? Uh, in a, you're in the city, right? You're in the city limits? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not big. It's just a little, you know, a little normal-sized house. I have a small backyard. Mm-hmm. And it's not very big. Yeah. It's, I have a little porch and then a little backyard, and but it's enough to fit raised beds okay. and a run and a coop. Na- neighbors and really close to your property? I mean... Yeah, they are close. <laughs> that, that's what they I'm are. wondering. I'm, I'm wondering how the bees fit in with close neighbors. Is that a problem at all? Or, I mean, is, is uh, how you have them set up, that isn't a problem? I have them on the side yard. Mm. And um, when I work the hives, they do get pretty active around there. So I try to do it at times when um, I know that my neighbors are not outside. But other than that, they cause no problem at all. Their, their flying pattern goes straight over the roof. Mm-hmm. So the way that I, I try to allow them an entrance down the chute of the side yard that didn't disturb, like didn't go 
to where they would not have to go into the yards of the neighbors. I mean, I just kind of did the best I could. Sure. Yeah. And you have uh, two hives, you say? I started with two hives. Um, over this last year, they kind of combined. The, one hive just never really got strong. It was always pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't winter well. And then in the springtime, the stronger hive robbed the weaker one. And so it kind of just combined into one big one. So that's what I've got right now. Okay, okay. And how long have you been doing that? Um, a year. Okay, okay. So you're, basically, you're still you're still learning. I mean, of course, I talk to people who've been uh, handling bees for five or six years, and they say they're still learning too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a slow process. I mean, I think, like you said, I'll be doing it for years, and I'll, I'll, I'll never mm-hmm. I'll consider myself a pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, now, you have the chickens too. I mean, uh, they're probably pretty close to the beehives as well, right? Um, yeah, I don't allow them in the side yard. Um, mm-hmm. I try not to let them over that way. I figure they'll actually might be interested in eating them. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Around, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the chickens just kind of stay in the main backyard area. Okay. Now, you being in the city limits, you say you uh, checked out the laws and such. And, and how many chickens are you allowed to have in your area? I'm allowed to have four, but uh, you may have noticed I said I have five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, probably no roosters, too, I would imagine, right? Oh, no. We yeah. can't have roosters, and but we we are allowed bees and we are allowed for for hens. Yeah, I'm glad to see a lot of cities uh, uh, allowing that. I mean, even ones that that weren't um, allowing chickens, and a lot of them are waking up to and, and allowing you know people to have a few chickens and even some goats and you know and bees and all kinds of things. And I, I'm excited to see that. And there's still a lot there's still a lot of communities that, that haven't woken up to that and and still uh, you know have restrictions where there's just nothing allowed, uh, no kind of animals at all. You know, it's true. We have some neighboring communities that um, and that I'm on their Facebook pages and so forth that are pushing their um, legislature to allow chickens, making really mm-hmm. big pushes for it, and they're and they're getting closer. Sure. Yeah. It just, it, it's never made sense to me. Why not? I mean, I don't, I, I've really never understood <laughs> those laws really. I mean, I guess there's always people who will abuse it and take it to an extreme, but, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, but you know, most of them that make the law, they just say, you know, have so many and no roosters and things like that. And, and it solves yeah. that problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really eager to hear about the well, your garden and, and the community aspect of that, too. Let's start with your uh, raised beds. Uh, what kind of things do you grow in your raised beds? Well, um, this is the first year that I did raised beds. So I've got, I, I started out kind of easy. I did, you know, tomatoes, that's easy. And then um, some cabbages, lettuces, um, and peppers, and um, broccoli, mm-hmm. some, some easier ones to grow, and um, onions, green onions. Okay, yeah. So... I just started out simple. I mean, all of these things take a lot of practice and patience and adding so many things at once. You know, I don't want to get overwhelmed. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, One thing at a time. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I've told yeah. many people that, you know, just, just do what you can do when you can do it and then just take on one new thing at a time after you're comfortable with what you're already doing. Yeah, sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cause I've seen several people just get completely overwhelmed and, and I've seen some people just give up because they were so overwhelmed and say, that's well, just too mm-hmm. much work for me. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, how about the community aspect? I mean, you, you say you were, you started a community herb garden. Is that what you said? Yes. So um, in addition to my full-time job, I also um, have started a part-time job as a yoga teacher, as a yoga mm-hmm. instructor. And at my um, studio, there was this small, sad little plot of land. It's like 13 feet long um, by nine feet across. And 
it just had some sad, sad little cactuses that were dying in it. And I, so I, just, I asked about it um, to the studio owner. She asked the landlord and the landlord was, was fine with the idea of me taking it over as an herb garden. And so I did. And um, so I grow, I mean, it's, it's packed. I made like an herb spiral. Mm-hmm. I, I tried my hand at that and it turned out pretty, pretty good looking. And um, we've got, I've got lemongrass, different kinds of basil. I've got echinacea, um, you know, mint, lavender, sage, mm-hmm. um, oregano thyme, lemon verbena, um, parsley, you know, all, all kinds of fun stuff. And the response has been huge. People love it. And we're going to have a harvest day here soon for okay. fall harvest. It's still, you know, it's still just getting cold down here. And how, how does the community tie into that? Do they come and help you plant it and harvest it? I mean, did they do every, real active in all parts of the garden or? I would not say all parts. No, I've planted it and I tend it, mm-hmm. but proceeds will be shared. And okay. then, um, and it, you know, it's in its first year as well. And so mm-hmm. just gaining interest in all of it now, I've gotten some offers to help me plant next year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's going to become more integrated in all parts. Okay. What what motivated you to to want to take it to the community and do something there instead of your own backyard? Well, and I grow I grow almost all of those herbs in my own back, backyard mm-hmm. as well. But um, well, the yoga aspect actually, um, there's a portion of yoga called Ayurveda, and that has a lot to do with um, preventative healthcare mm-hmm. and why you are what you eat and um, what goes in your body matters, and they treat a lot with herbs, um, you know, proactively. And so it was kind of to support that, draw attention to that and, um, and show people how easy it is to, to grow this yourself. Look here, I, I planted it six months later, this garden looks, you know, it's mm-hmm. huge. It looks so much bigger than it did when it started. And, um, and I just wanted people to know that it's within your grasp. Sure. Just get people down a path of healthy living and self-sufficiency and, and there, a little yeah. bit of everything in that. Sure, yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, that's something I found with a lot of homesteaders. You know, it, it's like very few that I meet. Uh, sometimes they're accused of being hoarders and and you know trying to do things themselves and not wanting to tie into the community. But that's just not the case. Most of them I've met are really active in in wanting to help others. Uh, to be healthy, to eat healthy, to to know how to live in a way that uh, where you're not just dependent on a system or you know something to, to completely take care of you. You know you learn to take care of yourself, yeah. you learn to eat healthier, and and those things. And yeah, most homesteaders have that kind of heart, and I love seeing that. And I, I just when when I heard that you were doing a, a community garden, I just knew that's where you were going to go with it. You know, you just <laughs> I've seen that over and over and over, and and it's just never enough to just do it ourselves. We want to we want to help others do it. As well, and I find that you know here it's like I, I'm always trying to reach out to the neighbors and the neighbors' kids, and you know come in here and you know, try these tomatoes, you know, and just get them hooked on fresh food and, and eating healthy, you know. So. That's great. I do. I think it's a certain type of person that's drawn to homesteading in the first place. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that you keep running into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, so you're doing what you're doing now. I mean, what are your plans for the future? You mentioned you're, you're going to do some composting and, and what other things you're looking at doing. Um, I did. I started composting this year, but um, I'm definitely going to expand, expand that a little bit more next year. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that I want to do uh, next year, I've got a lot of plans to up my garden game. So we're going to add um, some more raised beds, lots more vegetables. Mm. I want to add berries, a couple different kinds of berries. 
Um, I'd love to plant a couple of fruit and nut trees. I have a couple of fruit trees um, that have just started bearing, but, um, you know, and that's long-term plants, but we got to get them in the ground sometime. Sure, sure. And then I'd like to expand my hives a little bit more. Um, like you said, I do have concern for the neighbors, but mm-hmm. I'd like to get back to having two, maybe three hives. Sure. Um, I've gotten a rain barrel that I need to get set up in place, and I want to um, start um, conserving water using that rainwater mm-hmm. rather than always depending on um, the city water. And um, I want to, I'm going to take a canning course. Um, I think that that's an obvious next step for me is mm-hmm. to learn how to preserve that food that I grow. And right. I, I thought about trying to self teach, and then it just made a lot more sense to take a course where all the information is gathered in one place yeah. and it's from a trust, uh, trusted source. So um, I've got that planned. And then, um, I'm, you know, I want to look into the, fermenting sure and, yeah. um so those are those are some next year steps i mean longer term i would like to learn how to forage i want to get mm. more into herbalism um and then you know you never know but yeah those are some upcoming things sure yeah yeah i'm surprised you didn't mention dehydrating in there with the herbs i would think that would be a, a major uh preservation method I, I, for the herbs. Yeah, I definitely want to do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured. Uh, how about when you, like, uh, now you mentioned, uh, like, fermenting and things. Have you, do you uh, do anything special for your chickens' feed like that, like sprouting or fermenting their food or anything? That is that is next step. Okay, <laughs> I was wondering about that. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just... been listening to a couple of podcasts on how to ferment, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm just going to read up on it a little bit more and then get going. Sure. Yeah, I think it's a great, great idea, and you know, a lot healthier for the for the chickens and and yeah. Their eggs. I've heard they lay a lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When yeah. They're eating fermented food. Sure. Well, it sounds like you got all kinds of things going on there. A little urban homestead. Uh, are you pretty satisfied with uh, where you live? And and because what I I I find some people. Always thinking bigger. They're always saying, well, I don't want to start homesteading until I can get on a place where I got several acres. But then what yeah. I find out is when I, I hear people that have a, a really well-functioning uh, urban homestead, and they actually find that there's a lot of things they can continue to add right where they're at without ever upgrading. Mm-hmm. And and I just wonder, do you feel that way? I mean, you feel like there's a lot you can do right where you're at? I 100% feel that way. And I'm so glad that I've started now. And um for the people that are thinking that they don't want to start until they're on some land, mm-hmm. um, I think that you've mentioned this before, but why not start to learn these skills ahead of time so that you're practiced and you're not just, you don't have everything thrown at you at once once you get the land. Sure. If you already know how to do some of these things, then you'll be set to learn the bigger ones, like, I don't know, fencing and, and stuff like that, that you have mm-hmm. to learn when you're on a large property. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd, you'd be all the more prepared if you, if you started small and, and right now, yeah, I don't, I don't have a plot of land I've picked out somewhere. There's a lot I can do right here and I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun learning it, a lot of fun doing it. And I, sure. I feel very satisfied. Yeah. I find that as well. It, sometimes you, if you can uh, get people to start right where they are, uh, they just find there's so much they can do that it's hard to even imagine taking on much more because Mm-hmm. There's just so much you can do right there to keep you busy, and and you can really supply a lot of your food, especially for somebody in, in where you're at who's a vegetarian. Uh, you mm-hmm. can really supply a lot of your food right there on, on a small piece of land. I mean, you know, you're not raising livestock or anything for meat, so it's you know uh, an urban homestead it could really supply a lot of your food for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I'm definitely finding I'm going to the grocery store less, even with just the few things that I'm growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then between that and the chicken eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now is the uh, where you're at. I don't know if you have a lot of rainfall. You're talking about uh, setting up a, a water catchment system uh, for your off your yeah. roof. Um, do you find that? Are you just trying to get away from the city use of water, or or is there a water shortage in your area or anything like that? We yes, we get um, we go under water restrictions every summer, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of water um, rainfall, um, especially in the summer. You know, it can get up to 108 and so forth here. So, um, I think that you know, then you're not allowed to water your garden except by hand. Right. Um, and so if I have the rain catchment systems, that will help. I can attach soaker hoses and things will be happier and healthier sure. throughout those hard summers. Um, what's your plan for putting one of those up? Do you have an idea of how you're going to install that? I mean, use IBC tanks, barrels? How do you, you have an idea of that? Um, yes. I already I purchased one rain barrel so far, and mm-hmm. so I need to get the you know attachments for the downspout for the gutters. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get a second one, just place them at separate areas of the around the house, um, sure. maybe three, and get those started. And, of course, I listened to your episode on um, rainwater. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, yeah. So um, kind of got some tips on how to get that set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's doing it yourself, it's it's not real hard. I mean, you're, you're catching rain. I mean, how difficult does it have to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it is, it is a, it's a great thing to have on your homestead. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear you're doing that. And uh, for what you're watering and for a small yard, yeah, a couple barrels would probably uh, – be real good for those times and those drier seasons for sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you uh, you've got a lot going on there for a for a small place, and I, I get excited when I talk to. I mean, I love to talk to people who have a hundred acres or fifty acres or whatever. But when I hear about people mm-hmm. doing it on a city lot, I always get excited because, well, that's where I'm at actually. You know, I'm on, yeah. a, I'm on a small urban lot, you know, and we're doing a lot here. Of course, we do some livestock and, and the garden, but. Uh, I don't have bees, and, and I was thrilled to talk to you about that because I do can think about that for my neighbors. You know, I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I want my bees flying around, <laughs> you know, but they're out there anyway, so it isn't like they're exactly, you know, it really getting in anybody's face. But yeah, it's something I've thought about, and uh, yeah, I was curious to how that uh, was working out on your your small yard and and with close neighbors. But, uh, well, knock on wood, so far so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's legal. I mean, there's really nothing. Yeah. I mean, you want peace with your neighbors, but in the end, it, it, you're not breaking any laws. So, correct. Yeah. 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 And, and I did I, put it on the side with without the children. The children mm-hmm. are on the other side of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Here in our town, we're allowed to have them, but uh, I know one person that has them, and they did make them put um, some sections of privacy fence around them, so nobody could like bump into them or anything. They had near, which I thought was a good idea, you know, to keep keep people yeah. from like getting up against them or anything like that. And uh, well, absolutely. Yeah, Mine is surrounded by fencing. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, if you got that, I think it's safe, and and uh, and you know, it's just really good for your garden, and it's just good for for everybody else around there too. Anybody that's planting anything, flowers and you know, trees, and and uh, now uh, when you mentioned trees earlier, you wanted to plant some trees in your yard. It made me think about your uh, the community uh, garden you have going on. Is there an opportunity to maybe plant some fruit trees in your community garden? Um, I, I planted a tiny bay, which can, you know, turn into a large tree eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I have been thinking about putting in, in at least one tree. I, I think that they would be fine with that. Yeah. I'll double check, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, well, there's a lot of food produced with a tree. That's for sure. With a fruit tree. And that's a great way yeah. to really get people on board and seeing how much food can be, uh, produced in a small, small space for sure. That's a great idea. 
Yeah, I was kind of curious about that. But, yeah, uh, how, how big is the community area you're working with? How, how big of a lot was it? I don't know if you mentioned it or not. It is 13 feet long by 9 feet across the top, 13 feet on the other side, and then 1 foot across the bottom. So it's kind of a triangle. Oh, so, so it's a pretty small community garden then, huh? Oh, yeah. The, well, the whole the whole garden is the 13 foot okay. long area. But I just included a herb spiral in the center of it. Okay, okay. I got you now. Yeah, so just a, just a small area to work with. Yeah, probably a lot of room to plant some trees there then. Oh, we can put a tree, yeah. Yeah, just... We could. You got one there so far, you said? Yeah. You just got to be well, careful not to shade out your garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be fine. It's a real sunny area. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a – now, is the – you're more – you say you're more of a suburban area or urban area, did you say? Yeah, I, it's a suburban area of mm-hmm. uh, just outside of, of Dallas, which is a okay. you know, huge city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got a good growing season down there and, and stuff. So, I mean, you can be able to grow a uh, really long uh, growing season. So, you be able to grow a lot of stuff. Uh, two or yes. three, three mm-hmm. uh, plantings possibly a year, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We still in fall. I mean, things are still producing for me in fall. And like I said, it's just starting to cool off fairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, I we've got plenty of time still. I know you guys get an occasional ice storm in winter or whatever, but most of the, I mean, you have some yeah. pretty mild winters for the most part, but yeah, I was down there mm-hmm. once in an ice storm, so I know you get them. We do, but nothing, probably nothing like where you are. No, no, yeah, there's nothing like up here. <laughs> I'm in Indiana, so <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it's my least favorite part about Indiana, but I guess it's part of it. I mean, the seasons are healthy. I like that. I mean, you, having four seasons is nice and healthy, but, uh, mm. you know, it's hard to get around sometimes and you got to deal with a lot of stuff, but yeah, I still try to enjoy it and, you know, well, I mean, you've pretty much given pe- folks some advice on getting started, but I mean, you have anything else you'd want to add to that? Um, I guess just, you know, just, uh, some encouragement. Um, I just think that if I can do this, I'm, you know, I'm just a suburbanite working a full-time job. I also have a part-time job. I have other interests and things that I do. I have my family, um, and and I'm making time and mm-hmm. here and there to to do this. Um, and it's so fulfilling, so rewarding. And I think that if I can do it, that anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of reiterate what I said at the beginning, no one's going to come along and and make your life better except for you you're the one sure. if, if you want something to happen sit down write out what it is that you want and then what are the steps that are going to get you there and then start start taking those steps yeah well i've, I've found that there are people who will come along and do things for you but it comes at a cost <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> you know you don't want to pay that price you know it's much better if you can do it do it yourself so well i think yeah. that's great i love what you're doing um i I hope you keep up the great work, and uh, you know it's been really good talking to you. Is there any place uh, we can uh, reach out and get a hold of you if somebody wants to uh, contact you or see what you're doing? Um, sure. My Instagram handle is uh, Urban Yogi Farmer. Okay. Um, and then other than that, I'm just on Facebook. I don't have a website or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Yeah, well, that's fine. Uh, you post some good pictures of your garden occasionally on your Instagram. Account? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I haven't been on Instagram too terribly long. So right now, you're just going to see some cute chicken pictures and some of my bees. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get some garden ones on there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's been good talking to you, and I'm really glad you came on the podcast today. Like I said, I get excited talking to to urban homesteaders like me because you know we. I, I you know when people ask me, it's like, who are you trying to reach with this podcast? Well, I'm trying to reach anybody that you know that's trying to uh, make a go at self sufficiency or trying to convince them to do so, but. Uh, you know, it just excites me when I hear somebody just saying, I'm going to do this right where I'm at. I don't have a lot of land, but I can grow something. You know, I can raise some chickens. I can do something right where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I think that's a big encouragement uh, to those out there who just keep putting it off and keep putting it off just because they don't have a lot of land like I did for so many years. You know, there was uh, 20 years where I kept thinking one day I'm going to get a place out in the country. And I just, you know, I finally just woke up the hard way and said, got to do this right where I'm at, you know, and, and I've been amazed at what you can do right where you're at. And I just, I want to see more people uh, go down that path and realize the potential of, uh, of what they have already. So I I think it's just an inspiration to talk to you and hear what you're doing. Well, I would just like to take a second to acknowledge you and say that I think what you're doing is amazing. You're being so much encouragement and um, support to people like me that want to get started and need to know how. And, um, and I found your podcast to be really inspirational, and I just want to say thank you for all, right. all that you do for us. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And uh, I hope uh, I hope some others are being inspired by it. And uh, I, I've got a few of these podcasts where I'm going to be talking to other homesteaders, and uh, I just know uh, it's. It, I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of inspiration from from other folks doing it and uh, and realizing that maybe you know I think part of a community aspect is just when you see other people doing it, it makes you realize you can do it too. And I and what you're doing yeah. with your uh, little community garden, and I think that's going to wake some people up and take them down a, a path of uh, healthy eating and and uh and self-sufficiency and uh, appreciate it so much and uh, i'm glad you came on the podcast today okay thanks nice to talk with you Harold. it was good talking with you too bye-bye all right bye well i hope you enjoyed that interview i know i did um you know she she said a couple times there you know no one's going to do this for you uh, you just got to do it and uh, you know i agree with that uh, if you want it you got to do it but here's the thing you got to know you can do it and and I hope that's what these podcasts are uh, are doing for you. I hope they're making you realize that look, these people are just like me, and if they can do it, I can do it. You know, Henry Ford once said, "If you think you can do a thing, or think you can't do a thing, you're right." So I want you to understand that you know I think you can do it. Matter of fact, I know you can do it. But none of that matters if you don't think you can do it. And I do. I hope that's what these podcasts are helping you with. I hope they're helping you to realize that you can do this thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope you'll uh, check out uh, Ariel's Instagram uh, page there and, and and follow her on Instagram. And also hope you'll jump over to the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. Just uh, go into Facebook and search for Homestead Front Porch. It's a closed group. But all you have to do to join is ask, and Ariel and all these other folks that we're doing interviews with over these next few days and have done interviews with um, are in there and real contributors to the to the group. And if you have some questions or you just want to jump in there and have conversations and talk about homesteading or just make friends in there, it's a great group, and I know you'll enjoy it. So, hey, uh, hope you enjoyed this, and uh, until the next episode, uh, happy homesteading, and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. 
please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Thank you.